Yo, is this thing on? Man, whatever. Walk with me. Welcome back to Walk with TFB. Tim Bryson here, and as you know, I'm a Black millennial who is eager to have unfiltered conversation with authentic people centered on education, sport, and culture. Today, we are walking with a digital marketing professional, content enthusiast, and national champion. A native of St. Petersburg, she started her educational career at the University of Memphis before transferring to Florida State University. While at FSU, she earned her bachelor's degree in international affairs and competed on the track and field team. During the 2015 NCAA Division I Track and Field Championships, my sower shocked the world and won the 400 meter national championship out of lane eight. Yes, she's fast, and yes, she's a proud initiate of Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated. So of course she turned pro and competed as a professional athlete representing Team USA. But after a few years, she pivoted and started running in her evolved purpose. She earned her MBA from St. Leo University and took the digital marketing and brand strategy industry by storm. She now currently works in media and entertainment at the happiest place on earth, otherwise known as Disney. This guest is a friend, a podcaster, a mentor, and a superstar. So without further ado, y'all help me welcome Kayla Funderburg. Kayla! Damn, that was a good intro. <laughs> you know, I told you when I told you, I told you I got this. You feel me? Yeah, that was a great intro, Dick. Thank you. I feel honored to be here walking with Tim. You know, I've been looking forward to this for three seasons now. So I'm honored to be a part of season four. Yeah, I appreciate you, Kayla. And I gotta, I gotta admit, you know, there's like the whole like red flag thing going on on Twitter and Instagram and stuff. Yes. Like my red flag, whether it's Walk with TAB or Timothy F. Bryson, is that I want everybody on the podcast and I tell them, like, yo, you can be on soon. That's <laughs> yeah. my red flag. The red flag. So it might have taken a year uh, to change. Are we here. Well, you know what? Uh, my advice to everyone, if you want to walk with T, uh, definitely harass him, stay in them DMs and harass him about it because I definitely did every season. Um, and so here we are. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you, yeah, you called me another day. I'm, I'm glad it worked out. <laughs> <laughs> but check this out. Season four, all about educators and education. Yeah. Um, and your story is from anyone who were to look at you up on LinkedIn or Google will find a lot of inf- information to try to put the pieces together. Um, but you're, you're the storyteller of your own life, to which we know uh, from your LinkedIn page. But yeah. before we get to your story, before we get to your story, I must have to ask you, what brings you Black joy? What brings me Black joy? Um, paying it forward. Like I live by that. I, I literally feel like I can't succeed in my life if I'm not thinking about the next generation or my sister or my brother next to me. Um, and so I'm very much about uplifting the community um, and just being a resource. I always look at myself as how can I support others um, and in a way that brings me a lot of joy, but also I feel like puts me in better positions to continue to uplift our community. So that's my black joy. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, we love it. We're going to talk about mentor and sponsor, mentorship and sponsorship uh, soon in this show. But before we get there, segment one, what's your story, Kayla? My story, like you said, I'm born and raised in St. Petersburg, Florida. Um, shout out to the 727. Um, <laughs> hometown is very small. We're a little out or I guess they overshadowed by Tampa Bay because we're like 30 minutes south. Um, but a lot of athletes come out of my, uh, city. Um, a lot of people make it to the big league. There's just a lot of pressure there. Um, but then there's also like, you know, any small town that, that stronghold of staying there, you know, that sense of community that is, this is what's familiar. And so for me, um, I live in Los Angeles, California. Now I'm literally on the other side of the country. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I always wanted to explore. I always knew that I was kind of a little too big for the small town city. Um, so, you know, like you said, picked up, went to college in Memphis, um, did an amazing two years there, made still like lifelong family friends that, you know, I tap in with every single day. Um, but decided to come to back home to Florida um, and uh, ended up with the Seminoles, um, you know, had an amazing two and a half years there as well. Uh, with my coaches and my teammates and my friends. 
Uh, I mean, I literally made lifelong friends at both colleges, so I wouldn't trade that experience, either experience for the world. Um, but uh, I think it always shocked people that I was kind of like, I came out of nowhere in 2015. <laughs> um, I always felt like I was definitely an underdog and I was okay with me. You know, I, I really loved education. Um, I love learning. I love uh, being in that educational environment. And so um, that was just something that I always knew I wanted to go get my master's. And so when the sports kind of took off for me, it was, a, it was a bit of a shock. And there were these expectations to now go pro and to, you know, travel and to try to make the Olympics, which as a little girl, I started running when I was eight, you know, um, obviously the Olympics is a goal, but I think as the reality starts to set in and I was living that lifestyle and, you know, uh, props to my, to my friends who are still um, either are Olympians or still chasing that dream, you know, it was just, for me, it wasn't fulfilling as I thought it was going to be. And so, like you said, I, I did my two years pro and I was like, I'm out. I found something that I was passionate about, which is digital marketing. Um, I landed at the Walt Disney Company, the happiest place on earth. Um, and I really found my purpose here. And one, not just putting together campaigns that, um, you know, bring a lot of families joy, but also putting together campaigns that really strive to push diversity and inclusion and equity, um, trying to be that person who's making change from the inside of the company. Um, a lot of people say, well, why don't you take your talents and do, uh, be an entrepreneur? And um, I do, and I have, I've, I've, I've traveled that path and I love it, but you know, there are still, I have mentees and I know kids that want to work at this company um, that look like you, that look like me, um, that maybe even don't look like us, but they are people of color and, um, you know, in an environment where it, it is predominantly white sometimes, most of the time. Um, I definitely feel like it's my responsibility to be that change, to make that change for the next generation. And so it brings me joy every day for the last two and a half years of being at the company. I've never woken up and say, oh, Mondays or oh, I don't want to go to work today. Like, I love, love my job. I, I love what I do. And so you know, I'm, this is where I'm at and I want to keep growing. And my hope is that, you know, one day I am leading my own department or leading my own team to really be as inclusive and, and be that change that everyone um, is talking about right now. But I mean, I'm, I'm all about action, um, not just words. So that's my story. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that part of your your story with us, but you know, I got questions. You know, yeah. I got some more questions. <laughs> First and foremost, you're going to lead your own department and lead your own team one day, but I hope that leads me and I hope you lead me to some tickets because I've never been <laughs> in Disneyland, either in Cali or in Paris. I mean, wherever you want to take yeah. us, that's fine. We got to plan a trip. <laughs> let me, let me know. I need some tickets for sure. But number two, you started off at international affairs. You, you earned your bachelor's in international affairs. I did. And you know, everyone at this point knows I love my international athletes. We need to do better by international athletes. Yeah. But how did you get from, and talk to us more about international affairs to, to digital marketing. And we'll talk yeah. about this chart card in a little bit. Yeah. So um, originally when I was at Memphis, my degree was broadcast journalism. And yeah. I had always been into marketing, but I didn't know that I was doing marketing. I mean, since high school, I was in journalism. I was on the uh, morning news segments. I was recording. I was behind the camera. I was in front of the camera. I was everywhere. Um, and I loved it. I loved editing. Um, but then as I grew and, you know, like I said, got from Memphis to Florida State, um, I realized that the journalism side of it really wasn't um, where I was extremely passionate about. And so with international affairs, I felt like that was an avenue for me to really study, study global business. Um, and I didn't, but I didn't want to limit myself to just business, like a, a, a business degree. Cause I, I always knew I was going to go to business school and get my MBA. So I was like, let me, let me do something a little different. Let me do some research and, um, shout out to Hannah, um, my advisor from, uh, college from Florida state. She was just like international affairs. And I was like, I love history. I love studying like the history of different organizations, different, uh, civilizations. And I feel like we can learn a lot from our past, um, you know, not just to learn from it, but also to, to not repeat the same mistakes. And so that's how I ended up in international affairs. Um, of course, I, I think a lot of athletes at Florida State did international affairs, but a lot of us were, uh, a lot of my teammates were international athletes as well. So um, it was just, it, there were so many different avenues you could take in international affairs. You could study 
education, you could study business, you could study like history. Like it was so multifaceted. So that's why I loved it. And I was like, this is where I want to be. Um, and I think the one thing that I kind of always knew in the back of my mind is if I wanted to do something, I was going to do it. And it didn't matter what my degree was. Um, and so it was a beautiful two years of me being able to just to study literature, to study film, to study history. Um, and I think that's where my love of entertainment really came from. And I was like, that's where I want to go. Hmm. This is good. <laughs> but you mentioned now, I think twice, maybe three times that you always knew you're getting your MBA. Always. When like did you know that? Grade. When did you know that and why? Um, I honestly, I don't know. You can ask my dad and my grandmother to this day. They like when I was in sixth grade, I came home from school and I was like, I'm going to college. I'm going to get a master's degree and I'm going to study business. And they were like, okay. And you know, my grandma, she sat me down. She's like, how are you going to pay for that? And I was like, great question. Um, let me figure that out. And so it was, I, like I said, I've always loved learning. You know, I came up in magnet programs. I came up in gifted programs and just, there was just something about learning new things. Even now to this day, I feel like has always served me and just being able to be a person who, and that's one thing I always put on my resume, like willingness to learn. Like that's like the number one quality that I have is that if I don't know it, okay, I don't know it, but if I want to go out there and learn it, there's nothing stopping me from learning it um, except myself. So, you know, it's, it's always just learning has just always been my greatest ally and it's, and it's afforded me to be in the position that I am today. I think the more you learn, the more you grow, the more places you can see and the more things that you can do in your life. This is good. This is good already. I don't know what, five, <laughs> 10 minutes into the conversation. Before we jump to segment two um, and learn more about education from your gifts in particular. Right. Mm-hmm. I want to really center our conversation right now on this athlete identity. Yeah. Because there's been so much conversation from to your point about action, right? We didn't yeah. done awareness campaigns about identity transition, about racial injustice, about LGBTQ. Yeah. I'm tired of the awareness shit. <laughs> I'm tired of, like we didn't we've been doing awareness of every year. Yeah. Every year. So before we get into this transition out of your uh pro career, that's what mm-hmm. it was, now it's your professional career what is holding people back in your perspective from pursuing something different than sport? Um, Especially track, especially track. Fear. I think fear is the fear of the unknown, right? Um, I, I, when I was eight years old, um, I started running track. I got middle school. I'm breaking a minute in the 600. I mean the 400 already. Right. I mean, in middle school, I broke a minute. Uh, By the time I was in ninth grade, I was running 58 solid. Um, you know, by the time I was a senior, I was at 55. So it was a progression for me that all of a sudden came with these expectations, right? Like your family, your, your teachers. And I mean, when I was in high school, I probably changed my college decision like three times. (laughs) And so, um, part of me, um, you know, felt like those expectations, like I had to rise to them, but then eventually I was like, no, it's not what I want to do. And um, one thing, it, it shocks people when I say this, but one thing I wish I could change about my past, that I, I wish I never went pro. Um, I love Team USA. I love getting my to travel. I love my teammates. I love the friendship that I made there. But when it comes to identifying and walking your purpose and stepping away from expectations, I would have rather gone straight into my MBA program at like out of college and started my career because I know now this is what I'm passionate about. Um, and I'm still young and I got time, you know, but it definitely, sometimes you, you take a little bit longer because those expectations are there. And so I think a lot of my friends, um, who are athletically gifted, probably more gifted than I am, um, they, they love the sport and it's so hard to walk away from the sport because you have coaches, you have parents, you have people, your friends are like, we gonna see you in the Olympics one day. Hmm. That expectation is very heavy to walk away from, you know, and, I think a lot of the times um, there's this thought in the back of our mind, like, okay, well, what do I do next? Right? Like, I don't know. I have a degree. Sure. I have skills. Yeah. But where do I put them? And a lot of the, I think a lot of our friends uh, naturally transition into coaching um, just to stay close to the sport and, and do what they are naturally gifted at. Right. But I would say a lot of athletes are really, really great at social media, you know, like really great at uh, marketing themselves. They're, 
there we are literally walking billboards for for these schools we are the face of these these universities and and in, in some instances the face of brands mm -hmm. and so you understand marketing a lot better than you you know think you do um and but i think it's a it's a fear of not knowing how do i transfer these skills from athletics to a professional career um and and that's why i'm really big on mentorship because i was fortunate enough that someone a mentor stepped into my life um you know in my second or first to second year of, of, of being an athlete and said try this i want you to do this i want you to explore social media marketing i want you to explore it for my business my small business at the time and i was like blown away that i had all these skills from track that i had acquired that i could just instantly like it just came natural to apply them to to marketing and so um it, it really changed my life but allowed me to step out of that fear and say someone sees potential in me and gave me a chance and that's now what i what i dedicate my life to doing for others this is good and so I was going to ask, you know, who and or what helped to, you know, uh, serve as intervention for you to think about something differently. Um, but I Go ahead. Okay. So uh, my mentor uh, was Courtney. She, uh, when I left Florida State, I went to train in Georgia um, and she had a uh, cycling studio in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, shout out to Vibride. That was my family. That still is my family. <laughs> um, but Courtney literally I mean, like, I was just blown away when I met this woman. Um, she she was a professor. Um, she was a, a business owner. Um, she was athletic, just like me. And, you know, she literally took me in and was like, I want you to run the communications. And, you know, I just had started my MBA program. And so um, she literally let me take on the social media for her business. And I learned so much um, in that space. And then, you know, fortunately, Fortunately, we got the opportunity to shoot for a uh, shoot at her location um, for Real Housewives of Atlanta. And that was when I was exposed to that, I was like, entertainment. Yes, I loved it. I loved everything about it. Um, but also, you know, this goes back to when I was a child. My my dad was a single fair, single father raising three girls. And I mean, he very transparent with me about what the world was going to be, what the world was going to be like for me as a black woman. Um, very transparent about some of the struggles that I was going to go through and in some of the struggles that he goes through as a black man in, in his business um, life. And so I think there was every time I said I was going to do something, my dad was like, let me just get out of her way. You know, mm -hmm. let me just support her and let her do whatever it is she's going to do. And, and the one thing he always told me, especially when I went to college, was, you know, as long as you're in college, you have a safety net. I'll, I'll you can make mistakes. You know, I'll, I'll I will always have your back. But then when I graduated, he was like, safety net is gone. You know, there are consequences to your decisions and your actions. So when I said, I'm picking up and moving to LA, I'm, I'm transferring schools, I'm leaving track. Like he was like, these are, these are lifelong decisions. And I hope you thought about them. And I hope you're happy with the decisions you're making, because mm -hmm. if you do want to pivot and you do want to change, that's on you now that you're an adult. And so that value, you know, my dad has definitely made me think very rationally about my choices before just being emotional and, and, and diving into them. Um, but also my grandmother, his mom, she is such a compassionate person. Um, she always looks at the bright side of things. And so I think between the two of them, I have learned to be a go-getter, but also to be a human, to, to show myself grace and to show that grace to others and realize that. I didn't have to conform to what um, society says is professionalism or what society deems as um, what you should be doing as a woman. Um, and so in that mindset, I feel like I was just very fortunate with my upbringing to say, do what I wanna do. Um, <laughs> and I think I've learned, uh, especially over this last two years, you know, with diversity and inclusion being such a big thing for a lot of businesses and a lot of people around the world, um, I, I've learned that my voice is very powerful. Um, and if you put me in a room with the right people, I'm very convincing on why we should do certain things, you know? Um, and I'm, I'm very grateful that I have a company and that I'm at a company with leaders that, that value that, that, that have put me in front of, you know, senior executives and say, you'll listen to her. Like, I think she knows she's talking about, but you know, they get behind me, they support me. Um, and, and we are, on a path to making real change, I think, and the, and the types of stories that we're telling 
um, because we understand that at the Walt Disney Company, like we're impacting families, we're impacting lives. Like sometimes that's a lot of the first interactions that kids have. Um, and so I'm just very grateful that throughout my life, I've had these types of people around me and been in this environment and also knowing that I have the power to choose what environment I want to be in. Man, Tim. Listen, I mean, you, you ain't gotta, we halfway through. You ain't got to drop the mic yet. You feel me? <laughs> you, ain't, you ain't got to drop the mic yet. That was good. That was some good hey. shit, for real. That was really good. That was really good. I'm not, I'm not validating. I'm just affirming. I'm just affirming. But I will say, right, you get 90 seconds because I hear your mentor, Courtney. Um, I, you talked about your father, your grandmother, right? These are almost like parental figures, educators, parental yeah. figures that have a strong influence on decision making that students and or children make in their lives. Mm -hmm. In a similar way, if you had 90 seconds to speak with coaches, many of whom will take on either self-identify <laughs> and or the student, the athlete, identifying it for them as a parental figure, you have 90 yeah. seconds with a coach to help them understand the importance of getting involved, getting experiential learning outside of their sport. What do you tell them? Be Talk transparent. To me, please. Be transparent. You know, tell that athlete from the jump, do they have it? Or do they not have it? Do you have what it takes to make it? And I know that's that's such a hard conversation to have, right? But like, as a coach, it's your responsibility to let that athlete know if you feel like, you know, hey, look, you, you're you're talented for college and you're going to get this degree and it's going to be great. But you need to start thinking about what's coming after your career. Because whether your career is a year, four years at this university, six, seven, eight years, whether your career includes the Olympics or not, you're still going to have, most of us tap out at 30 years old and you have a whole life to live. So what's next, you know? And I think it is largely up to those colleges and those, especially those college coaches to start being really more transparent and more real with them. Yeah. I mean, it's all of our dreams to go pro and it's all of our dreams to make it um, to some level of success in the track and field or even any athletic world. But I think it starts with the coach being very transparent and saying, Hey, look, you got great skills, but I think you got other skills that are stronger than than what you limit yourself to athletically. Period. Thank Period. you. <laughs> Thank you. That's what I needed to hear. Segment two, though, Kayla. Segment two, right? We we talked about your story. Uh, we talked about some of your decisions, whether that's you know academic major selection, um, not even your regret, but your reflection back on your pro um, experience. Mm -hmm. But education, education right now is I think is a hot topic, not just for people thinking about the value of higher education, given this ongoing pandemic and online learning and whatnot, but particularly about how you now serve as a mentor and even a sponsor to those that you're um, bringing up as you want to pay it forward uh, in your relationships with other people. So talk to us more about how you serve as an educator, both formal and informal, uh, so either mentees and or colleagues and friends uh, throughout your career. Yeah, um, I think I started um, probably as a friend. Uh, a lot of it was... Um, having these skills in the marketing space and, you know, friends reaching out to me saying they want to start a business and, Hey, I need a website. Okay. I'll build them a website. Hey, I need some social media marketing. Okay. I'll help them there. Right. And um, really just saying like, let me hone in on these skills and, and use this as an opportunity to become a better, um, a better men I mean, a, a better marketer myself. Right. And so I think once I took that time to really um, build myself up, um, and in my friendship space, and I started to expand and um, become a mentor that, well, I didn't, I mean, it took off, um, especially when I got to Disney, I, I, I took on, um, so I started with um, the Big Brothers Big Sister organization with that within Disney, um, we have a workplace um, mentorship program, and um, I started with the high school uh, mentee, um, who's now in, in college, if I can believe it, um, but, you know, um, starting with her and really just seeing myself in her and seeing like, wow, what a difference my mentors made for me. And I wish they, you know, outside of my parents, like would have got hold of me earlier and said, hey, look, you can do anything. You can be anything. And, you know, um, she wanted to go to theater and she wanted to be, you know, a doctor. And I was like, do both, you know, like do both. And she's like, well, I don't know. Like, yes, you can. Like, you can do whatever it is that you want to do. It doesn't matter how much time it takes you to do. If you want to be a doctor and you want to be an actor, guess what? Do it. You can. And so, um, you know, that was, that was my start. And so after that, I joined the um, 
professional internship or mentorship program at Florida State and um, have now taken on about five to six different mentees um, over the last two years. Um, and, and a lot of them just very different backgrounds. Some of them I started with them when they were juniors and seniors. Some of them I started when they were earliest of sophomores, you know, mm. and just they were like, I, I don't know where I want to do. I don't know where to start, but I think I want to do marketing and, 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 and digital marketing sounds great. And, you know, when they see Disney on my resume or on my profile, they're like, of course I want to do that. And so, I mean, just sitting down with them individually and learning their stories, um, some of them very, very different paths. Some of them had it a lot harder during COVID. Some of them had it a lot easier um, you know, just showing them like, you know, look, whatever you, whatever life throws at you, you have someone in your corner, you know, you can always come to me and reach out to me, uh, for advice. Um, and I'm very, very proud of them, um, and all the things that they have accomplished. And then even now I've taken on two new mentees through Disney on the yard program, which is specific to our HBCU community and really trying to, um, get more, uh, HBCU graduates into the corporate uh, uh, space, especially at Disney. Um, but for me, it's not just getting them into the space, it's retaining them, right? I want to make sure that they're getting jobs, that there are jobs for them. And if there's not a job for them on their team, there are a thousand other teams in this company that we can get them a job to, right? And so um, I, you know, I'm just extremely blown away by the mentees that come to me and they're, they're, they're ready to do the work. And I think the next generation is as eager as ever um and so for me it's like I just want to get them in front of the right people get them in front of the right opportunities um and, and I mean very proud to say that a lot of my mentees even one of my mentees now she literally works on my team started as an HBCU grad like three months ago you know from Howard came in as a Disney intern and is now in a couple of weeks going to start as a strategist right and I mean she's 22 years old and I was like, don't, don't settle for entry level girl. Like, no, that's not what we're doing. Like you have the skills you're prepared. You know, you're the, the one thing I love about HBCUs is they're, they're preparing you for, you know, professional environments, but sometimes I think they're preparing you for those environments with your people. Right. And so for me, I went to a PWI, but my brother went to an HBCU. And so I can see the different dynamics of what he goes through versus what I went through. Um, and so for me, it's just really leaning into these um, mentees and these students and, and now these um, my coworkers um, and seeing, you know, what are their skills? What can I understand about them and how can I help them achieve what they want to achieve? Um, and, and a lot of that is I, I think that's education. <laughs> I think, you know, just sharing my knowledge and sharing my story and what I learned along the way um, to really just put them in a better position than I was. Um, and hopefully that they continue to pay it forward as well. Well, they most definitely will, right? I mean, you are their mentor, and, and I'm sure that's a, that's a, that's a cultural um, expectation that, you, that you've set you know, and lead by example they with. Know. They know. But thinking about mentorship, right, and I'm, I'm definitely blessed. As you mentioned, your father, uh, my dad, my mentor, Ilya, he was someone that I got connected with him in third grade like, as a mentor, but he made it a point very early to say, like, I'm your mentor, air quotes, but you're also mentoring me, right? Yeah. There's a reciprocal relationship that takes place. And so one of my biggest pet peeves in mentor programs is that we don't always talk about the role of the mentee mm. in cultivating that mentor relationship. Yeah. How can a mentee best support you as a mentor, but also how can mentees best support their mentor, given that it is a um, mutually beneficial relationship? I tell my mentees to just tell me what's up. I, I treat them like I never treat them like they're a mentee. Um, I never really treat them like they're beneath me or have something to teach them. Um, I always start the conversations off like with you tell me what you expect from me. Like, what are you looking for from a mentor? Because I can't go into this relationship and think that I'm here to teach you. And then that's what I'm going to do. No, like they teach me so much. Um, and I think the one thing that I love about being a mentor is they teach me so much about being a people manager, right. And my professional life. Um, they've taught me so much about my relationships with, with my, my siblings, you know, how to, you're so used with your siblings growing up and telling them what to do. But once we're all adults, now it's like, okay, how, what can I learn from you? How can I um, help you? How can I, maybe I just need to shut up and listen, you know? Um, and so I learned that from my mentees all the time, you know, and even they, they'll, they can call, they know they can call me anytime. They can call me crying. They can call me upset. They can call me about life situations. 
Um, I'm always a phone call away. If I don't know, I'm happy to connect them with one of my friends who are in, you know, doing a business that they're interested in. Um, and so really just, like I said, I, that when I became a mentor, it was taking that step further and seeing what I could learn from my mentees, um, in, in a supportive role. Like, I think the mentees definitely should take it upon themselves to say, don't be timid and come in and be like, what can I learn from you? No, tell me what you expect. Tell your mentors what you want from them. Right. I, I wanted a various uh, number of mentors, like, and I wanted from different backgrounds. Like I got mentors who are white men, you know, I got black women, I got Hispanic mentors. Like I got them all because their walks of life are different than mine, but the way that they handle business, the way that they can conduct themselves in a business setting, I need to know because if they're acting like that, that's not to say that I can't now, cause we know, you know, we know, mm-hmm. but at the same mm-hmm. time, it gave me the confidence to say, you know what? I'm not going to let my skin color define me. Now nah, I love us all up and down the street and I'm rooting for everyone black, but I definitely want to be in environments where when I, when I step into a meeting with the vice president, listen to me, you know what I'm saying? Listen to my perspective, listen, cause I'm, you know, a lot of people go, like, oh, I don't want them speaking for the community, but listen to me cause I'm gonna speak for my community. And I'm gonna tell you what we expect. You know, we want more, we expect equality and we may not get here. We may not get there today or tomorrow, but I'm hoping that my kids and my grandkids and my nieces and nephews are the beneficiaries of the work that I'm doing now. Um, and so I think that's the thing that mentees need to go into these uh, mentorship programs and sponsorship programs and, and say exactly what you're looking for. I'm looking for a job, you know, say, hey, I, I, I need you to put me in contact with somebody in the product department because I want to be a product marketer. All right, mm-hmm. done. Because, mm-hmm. you know, like, I don't want to waste your time. No, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. And I think with mentees going into that relationship in that conversation, expressing their expectations, right, asking for what they want, mm-hmm. I think not only does it make our roles as mentors uh, much more efficient, <laughs> number one, yeah. but then two, it then helps to delineate whether you really need a mentor <laughs> or a sponsor. Yeah. And you and I both know that. <laughs> that Mentors <laughs> are not the same. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? But we also know that women and non-whites are over-mentored under sponsored under sponsored so talk to us more about sponsorship because that's not a term we particularly in the black community which i'm going to speak on behalf of right now it's our podcast talk about enough because it makes a difference in the elevation and advancement of one's career oh a thousand percent um i i think i was extremely frustrated early on in my professional career because i was getting a lot of mentorship here do this try this try this and not enough people put me in the right positions to grow my career right Mm-hmm. Um, and then I came across, uh, God bless Chanel Marks. Uh, she was my first manager at Disney, uh, as a, as a full-time employee and she's, uh, Latinx, uh, Latina first generation or second generation Mexican American. Um, and I mean, just a force and she's, she's so short. I love her, <laughs> uh, but just such a force. I mean, she saw potential in me. And then from the moment I joined her team and I was reporting to her, she was like, Kayla's going to do it. Like within a month, she gave me my first campaign. Kayla's going to do it. It's social. Give it to Kayla. And I was like, huh? Like, And a big name client too. I was like, you sure you want? Yeah. She was like, you got this. I'll back you the, back you the entire way. And I, I mean, gave me the confidence uh, that I, I, it was unmatched. I was, I still to this day am shocked and we are the best of friends. I, I trust Chanel with everything. Um, you know, I go to her and she gives me such amazing advice um, from every perspective, not just business, but as a, she's a, she's a mom, you know, she's a working mom. Um, she's a wife. Um, she, she gives me financial advice from living in LA. Like, you know, she's just everything um, that I could ask for in a mentor, but also in a friend. And it, she took it a step further and, and really, like I said, fought for me to get opportunities to grow in the company, um, to do, I've done like three or four stretch projects this year, which are like projects outside of your, your role, your day-to-day role, where you can go to another team for like a couple of months and you can work on that team and you can learn things, um, which I think a lot of companies either have, but people don't know about. And I mean, she fought, <laughs> she fought and was like, Kayla's going to do this. And, you know, she got support behind that you know and I mean 
probably in the back of her mind, knowing that once I stepped out into that other world, I mean, I literally, I went to another team for three months and I came back with a different job offer. And, and she, I didn't know she knew that I was not coming back to her team, but I think she was so confident in me. And she knew like, Kayla, Kayla's got all these skills. She's got a master's degree. Like she needs to soar and I'm gonna get behind her. And, um, she did. And I mean, even since then, the way that I even, when I interview for jobs now, I'm looking for that. I, I intentionally go into these interviews and I look for managers or people leaders um, that are invested in their talent, their, that are invested in their, um, you know, their direct reports. And so I thankfully have a, another great um, ma- a manager right now, you know, where she just literally gives me the ball and says, Kayla, I trust you, you know, run with it, you know, do what you have to do. And again, putting me in the room, like if I put a presentation together, she's like, Kayla's presenting it. Right. And I mean, getting in front of senior VPs should be extremely like nerve wracking, but, um, I've done it so much now that it's nothing like, and, and these are the people I think that need to get behind a lot of black women, because it is very frustrating for us. Um, you know, our, our community is different. You got you have women who are the most educated, the most educated demographic ever, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then you you have us who, who some of us are single moms, some of us are you know um, in relationships, some of us want to have kids. Some such a like intersectionality in the black community and within black women alone, right? That you want to amplify, and I think the only way to amplify that is to sponsor these women be the person that says, I will, I put my name on her name. And when my, if I walk into a room, my name holds weight, her name better hold the same weight and respect as mine. That's the type of sponsorship that black women need, because I promise you, we will never fail you. We have every intention of being the best that we can be. So we can put the rest of our team, our family, or whoever's behind us in better positions. <laughs> she said go give me a go give me a bucket she's gonna soar it I think that's the thing you, you hit on the head you hit it on the head if you get sponsored and when you're sponsored you gotta ball out you you got to and we already yeah. know that black you women got, know that <laughs> you gotta ball, period you gotta ball out you got to you got to but I want to pivot a little bit um back to sport in a way yeah. because you won the national championship, which is something I even putting this bio together. I'm like, yo, like we don't talk enough about moments in history, whether that's sports or um, life, music. Yeah. Because had you gotten second, that's a different, that's a whole different story. Different Who story. knows what happened? Different nevertheless, story. nevertheless, you're the top seed going in. But as someone said on the interview, you weren't the favorite. Was not the favorite. You come out of lane eight, which anyone that runs track knows lane eight and lane one. You come out of lane eight and win the natty. Now, if it was back in 2015. Let's uh, go back in time, six years, and NIL was a thing. <laughs> my career would have been different. My, my career would have been so different. I would have been sponsored out of college. Like when I stepped off that track, there would have been a better contract waiting for me. I had a I had a solid following on social media at that time. I definitely have more than my friends. I like about five, six thousand followers, you know. Um, pretty, pretty, pretty cute looking girl, you know, young knew how to carry myself, knew how to do interviews, just very excited, energetic, wanting to, you know, just be there, be in the moment. Oh, I would have had a different career. Definitely a different career. So let me let me tell you this. It just hit me. I actually started following you after that race. Yeah, a lot of people did. I did. Well, one, obviously, I'm like, damn, out of lane eight, and it was a uh, photo finish. But I'm like, she saw her too. A lot of crap. I said follow, follow, follow. <laughs> but, right, but we were going fast forward back to 2021, and name, image, and likeness, is real right it's been yeah. going on now for the last four months you're talking to college athletes college professionals college athletics professionals on this podcast right now right what are we talking about right how can one maximize what's happening right now in the nil space oh stop looking at your following i think a lot of people think that you need tens of thousands of followers to be impactful and you don't um i, I saw a, a instagram reel the other day and it said yeah, I have 30 people that viewed mine and that may not seem a, like a lot, but if 30 people walked into this room right now with me to watch what I was doing, I would be overwhelmed, right? So think about that. And um, that is something that I feel like is so impactful, right? 
I can I, I posted a, a IG reel for my birthday just goofing around it's like 2,000 3,000 views right I'm like now what are 2,000 3,000 people caring about my little birthday but then I started to realize my following is whatever my following is going to be my reach is going to be whatever, whatever my reach is going to be so don't limit yourself to oh I don't have enough followers doesn't matter. Lean into your story and lean into your audience. Who is your audience? Who are the people that are following you? And I promise you, you're going to inspire them. Um, the one thing that I love, the one athlete that I love from last year in track and field, Tara Davis, man, infectious, just, just all around nice girl. You know what I'm saying? Went through a very uh, similar situation that I did transferring schools, had to sit out a year came back, you know, and just dominated and just is still such an infectious personality on social media. Um, now, granted, yes, yeah, she has a, you know, larger following, but that doesn't matter. You can tell, like, when you walk up to her, like, she's going to take a picture with you. She's going to talk to you. She's such a nice girl. And I think those are the type of people that brands want to get behind. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you got a thousand, two thousand followers, right? Your name, is the most important thing. Your image is the most important thing. Your likeness. It doesn't say your following is the most important thing. You know, how many, how many uh, IG lives you do, like none of that matters, right? So um, my advice is to these college athletics and these college um, students looking into, you know, Neil and how can I get a brand partnership? Look at the brands that you follow, reach out to them, put yourself out there. And, you know, I know that may seem like a difficult thing to do, but, you have a story. Everyone has a story and everyone's story is unique and it matters to the people that are following you. You, you are making an impact to people that you don't even know you're making an impact to. Um, and so I really encourage, you know, whatever your following is um, or wh however many followers you have or don't have, you know, just tell your story and, and be good at telling your story, right? Like be good at kind of marketing yourself um, because the things that you think are small, right? Like I, to this day now, six years ago, I think winning a national championship is small, but every time I join a team or I get a new team and like, there's like, well, tell us something about yourself. And I always like, oh yeah, I won a national championship. And I, people are shocked. And I was like, I forget, like, I forget that that was such a big achievement sometimes that, you know, because I have other goals now, um, but to other people it's impactful and, and, and it, it expands the, the people that I can reach. Right. Like, even though I work in marketing now, I still have a heart and connection to the sports world, right? And so um, really just my advice is lean into, you know, your audience, lean into your story. Um, but, but also the biggest thing that I will encourage, get some financial guidance. Um, get you a mentor who can give you some advice financially. Now, no, in no way, shape or form am I saying to hire them as your manager or your accountant, but seek out advice, seek out ways that you can, if, if, if financial security is a thing for you, um, which I think for a lot of athletic athletes, it is, um, get some advice, you know, even if you got to go to your, you know, athletic advisor in college and say, Hey, look, I want to talk to somebody in the finance department. I want to talk to a finance student. Um, I want to know what this could look like for me. If I start doing brand partnerships, um, I want to know, you know, partner with someone in marketing. I want to know what that looks like. I, I, I think that again, more education, the more, you know, the better you can be. And then again, it doesn't matter what your following is because now, you know, um, and look at take, take Tara, for example, Tara Davis is signed with champion, like champion, right? She could have signed with Adidas. She could have signed with Nike. She doesn't know anyone else. She signed with a brand that I think she relates to. And I think it's a beautiful thing because she's going to go so far with that brand and she's going to put their name on the map once again um and, and it's they're probably going to value her a lot more than these bigger companies that have more you know bigger names so um find a brand that works for you find a brand that values you and shares that share the values that you have and um just don't rely on your followers it's not it's really not that important <laughs> kayla 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 so this is what i'm gonna do this is what i'm gonna i might do something different something different? i'm gonna send it to, i'm gonna send it to you and i can amplify it i will amplify it I'm just going to cut the last, I don't know, 10 minutes, however long you're just talking just now, chop it up, and then send it out to all of 100 schools across the NCA. Send it to them. Because that's textbook performance and execution. 
Yeah. I think too often, and I think to your point, right, and to Kirby's point, shout out to Kirby Porter, to y'all's point, right, (laughs) is like, going back to this whole like diverse or non-white voices in sport, yada, 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 you have all these companies talking Mm -hmm. about NIL from an analytics standpoint, right, from a followership standpoint, predominantly led by white men, and we don't have diverse and multi-ethnic voices, such as yourself and Kirby's, who are speaking the truth about storytelling and brand management particularly because of the fact that it's not just these four or five, six years you're in school for those other COVID year. But if you set this shit up right, you're good for a very, very long time. Long time. Yep. A very, very long time. <laughs> so I was going to, again, I like, I love our community. I love Walk With TFB um, because if you have not uh, done keynote speaking engagements already, uh, I'm speaking into existence now. You are going oh. to be one of the leading voices. I'm not bullshitting. Yeah, TED Talk. No, 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 I'm not. I'm not bullshitting you, because you're speaking truth, yo. And I think to to everyone's point about these different companies, right, they're focused on the followership, right? Even though it says name, image, and likeness. I love how you spell that out. But these companies are not equipping, nor are many student athlete development professionals on campus being equipped and or told to help these athletes tell their story. Right. For real. And that's free. That's free. Nothing. It costs nothing to teach somebody how to tell their story. I'm going to write a book, you know, because at this point. Let me write the forward. Let me write the forward. Let me write the forward. I got you. Let me write the forward. (laughs) Transition to, that was good shit, man, for real. Uh, Segment three, Um, you talk about paying it forward. You probably got like 20, 30 mentees at this point, and I'm sure people are going to reach out to you afterwards. (laughs) Wanting to be, uh, exactly, wanting to be uh, their mentor as well. Um, but how can I and how can our podcast community best support you? Oh, man, you know, lean into your own story. Um, you know, if you want to reach out to me, reach out to me. Um, you know, Tim, drop my Instagram. I'm more than happy to connect with people and make time for people um, to really just talk about, you know, professional development, personal development. Like, you know, I got friends who I think especially now people are, you know, want to change in their career. Like, hit me up. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't hesitate to to reach out and, and, and ask those questions, but also um, understand when you reach out to me, I expect you to pay it forward. You know, I expect that you will, if I put my name or attach my name to you, um, do something with it. You know, if I put you in the room with the right people or put you in a position where you want to be, do something with, with it, you know? Um, and so I, uh, I have a podcast coming out with one of my close friends. Um, it's called The Daily Duo. Uh, we're looking to launch around Thanksgiving of this year um, and dropping new episodes, um, you know, going into next year. Um, and so really just, you know, supporting me, but also taking whatever you you take from me and say, hey, you know what, I could do that. Find you find you a mentee in high school and middle school and, and get involved in their lives. You know, even if you're meeting with them on a monthly basis or biweekly basis, get involved. Right. Because that's the only way our community gets better. Uh, that's the only way that women get sponsored, right? That's the only way that Black men are getting these opportunities and not looking like a threat when they raise their voice because they're passionate about something, right? Um, and, and showing that we are not a monolithic uh, culture. We're not a monolithic community. We're all different, um, but we all offer something of value. And so really... Um, uh, I encourage people to do that. Even if you're not, if you, even if you're not connected with me, that's what I hope everyone walks away with because, um, you know, that's my biggest thing. Like mentorship and sponsorship is going to take us a long way. Like that's really, that's going to take us far. You know, I, I feel like that's the pivotal change. And uh, when I talk to my grandfather, you know, he's, he's in his seventies. So he's seen a lot in our community. Right. And, and sometimes there's no hope in his voice when he's like, oh, I don't know if we're, we're going to reach equality. And in the back of our minds, I feel like it's, it's really easy for us to like lean in now. They'll never treat us equal. That's, that's fine. I don't want to be equal to what you're, what you deem equal, right? I want to be my most authentic self. And so I want to encourage anyone listening to this um, to continue to encourage people to be authentic, to speak their truth um, and learn to tell their story um because your story is going to change some kid some adult some peer of yours whole perspective on life and having more of these conversations and having more of these podcasts I think are really important so share your truth and be authentic with it Uh, and that's what I hope everyone takes away from this 
you said, I don't know, a minute three or four. You hope to one day uh, lead a department or lead a team. Yeah. I said, lead me to some tickets, right? If you want to hire <laughs> me too, you can hire me too to be on your team. I would love to be led by you, Kayla. Thank you. Um, no, nah, seriously, most definitely. I mean, you. this is good. This is good. This one might, this the one that's going to go viral. Ah, this goes viral? Man, let's, let's, they need to put us both in a room. Like, we look, need to both be leading some TED Talks. Hey, look, hey, if it go viral, I'm calling somebody in Walt Disney Estate and being like, what's up? <laughs> hey, let me call them first. Let me call them first. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. But, but, but before we balance, y'all, I got a couple questions for you, a couple fun yeah. questions before we get out of here. Uh, first and foremost, your favorite sports memory. Favorite sports memory? Um, ooh, 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 ooh. These are, um, I got two of them that tie. Okay. So when I was at Memphis, um, regionals, my sophomore year, uh, four by four, uh, we were at North Carolina A&T. Uh, we were in a heat with LSU. They were supposed to win the heats. Let me tell you how Memphis walked them down. <laughs> I'm to this day trying to find that video. I have friends who still talk to me about that, that race all the time and I love that four by four I love those girls shout out to Monica Kiana and Maya I I love that race I loved everything about that race we you know we ended up going to nationals we didn't didn't place in the finals didn't get to the finals but that memory is something that to this day I always hold very dear to me um and the same thing when I when I think about uh regionals again at Florida State um you know I that that relay just uh, I, I love something about the four by four. There's camaraderie, you know, even in it, we all, who's going to get the fastest split time. Like mm-hmm. there's just something about those girls. They are my family. And, and, and all those girls are some of my closest friends to this day. Um, but I love me some four by four. Those are my best memories. That's dope. And for the record, what leg were you in that one against LBL this year? I was fourth. <laughs> hey, look, I'm trying to sponsor you. I'm trying to amplify the, amplify the story, yo. Come on now. Four. You know, I don't know who was on LSU fourth leg, but I showed it. Walk them down. Hey, you find him. Remember that. Call hey, me. I'm gonna find him at Adam, yo. Let me stop. Let me stop. Let me stop. Hey, top five artists. Top five artists. Musical artists or any Music, artist? Any art. Oh man. Uh, here. Any art. Ooh, I love me some Wale. You know, um, Wale for us um he bowed us i love him um his his music is it's poetic it speaks to me um it's very soft but it's it's very truthful and impactful um Issa Rae, obviously um you know that black woman is doing her thing and i am so so happy to see that in the industry and seeing more black women like her coming up and and, and getting out there and telling their stories and telling our stories and and unapologetically saying i don't have to include anyone else in this story because this is about us and this is for us um let me see that's number two uh Dave Chappelle right now my god he is iconic storyteller um if you haven't seen his last stand-up it was the most beautiful piece of artwork I've ever seen and I feel like he needs to win a Pulitzer Prize for that one because it hit the way that he tells a story yes it's sarcastic but I mean it was so impactful it hit me and I was like dang Okay, okay. Um, I so I respect Dave Chappelle so much and I always have, but um I love his last piece of work. Um uh whoo, J. Cole, you know, I'm I'm from the South. Um my family's in North Carolina. I love J. Cole, I've always loved J. Cole. Um, I hope he really keeps doing his thing. Um, and you know who I love right now? Chloe. Chloe Bailey, come on. Yeah, that girl, that girl's killing it. I feel yeah. I love that she's owning. Whatever it is that she wants to be, she's, she's young, she's raw. Um, I think her artistry is is limitless. Um, people say, oh, she's the next Beyonce. I think she is. She got, got the right support behind her. She's bigger than that, you know, um, because she's owning. She's not conforming to what the industry says she should be. And I love that about her right now. I love that about Black women at all together. <laughs> no, that's no, that's a good one. That was a hot take. And so that was a hot five. I, I, I'm just I'm just saying I'm just saying if you have an issue with uh Kayla comparing Chloe to Beyonce go to Kayla's Instagram not oh, mine. Me. you know no you know I love the beehive but you know I really think I think when you look at it the beehive it really has gotten time Chloe and and that's that's her mentor exactly it's her mentor supposed to, so supposed to yeah she's supposed to be bigger than her exactly, <laughs> exactly. it's like Wayne and Drake no for sure 
Uh, brunch, bottomless brunch, bottomless mimosas. You plus five people. Who are you bringing? They could be these living. Are, oh, these are fire. Um, if I could get in a room with five people, um, Lin Manuel, man, the, the writer of Hamilton, come on, nobody can tell me that. That man's not a genius. I would love to sit down and have a conversation with him. Um, shout out to him, like just musically just gifted oh mm. god <laughs> uh love love him i would love to sit down and have a conversation with him um yeah it's a list like this is this is a tough list this you plus five people there's so many people i want to sit down with this is one brunch. um michelle obama it's come on come on put me put me in there with our forever first lady um so graceful um so impactful so strong i definitely would love to sit down with her. you know add, add obama to that too because you know what's what's a brunch without michelle and brock you know what i'm saying um so i want the both of them there um let's see musically who would i want at, at the table um you know what you know i'm, I'm gonna take a step back i'm actually go and, and I'm, i haven't had the um opportunity to meet her yet but she actually works within my company um her name is jan coleman and i've heard amazing things about her she's a black executive uh leader at the walt disney company um wow i mean every time i hear of anything diverse or anything with our community jan is in that conversation and i just I'm like how, how does she get the time where does she have the time um, and so I really look forward to meeting her, but I would love to sit down and have a very candid conversation with her over brunch with bottomless mimosas. Like, come on, girl, let's, <laughs> let's chop it up. Um, so shout out to Jen Coleman. Um, and then lastly, um, Bob Iger, man, um, just talk about powerful CEO, talk about powerful leadership, talk about, um, being a very charismatic and caring now. I mean, I get it. He's a businessman, but charismatic man. I mean, uh, when I started this company, there, there were, there were people that I looked up to, but, you know, Bob Iger was just, has so much knowledge when you look back at what he's done for the company and as a CEO over the last, you know, 30, 40 years of his career with this company, um, just everyone always had nice, I've never met anyone at this company who said anything bad about Bob Iger. Um, so, you know, he's a lot, he wrote a lot of amazing books. I've read his books. I, I've heard his, uh, masterclass and I, re I really encourage anyone who's interested in business to, to tap into whatever Bob Iger is saying, cause you can learn, he, he dropped some gems. Um, but definitely we'll want to get him at the brunch table. <laughs> That's a good table. That's a really good table. Okay. Well, the last question for you today, the last question, All right. I think you know who I want, but who do you want to see and or hear from on Walk with TFB podcast? You think I know who you want on this podcast? You know what type, which you know which type of people I'm looking at. Who I think would be interesting to talk to. Man, um, I think I told you this before, um, and I, I don't, I don't know if she knows that I'm going to recommend her. But I mean, I, obviously, I would say like Tara Davis. She's yeah. amazing. You, you know, I'm happy to try to facilitate that one. I think so many people could learn from her, especially in this Neil world. Um, but also Tiana Daniels, uh, she runner, she's a runner who came out of Florida, you know, from the hometown. Um, she was coached by coach Rick, who's not Florida state, but she went to Texas. Um, beautiful, beautiful story of just perseverance of just very, very humble, very talented young girl. So I get behind Tiana Daniels any day. I don't know. I'm coming. <laughs> I'm gonna hit if them up at the DMs. If they're not on the daily duo yet, uh, before I get to them, they're gonna be on Walk with TFB, y'all. Man, look, get 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 on this walk. <laughs> they're gonna be on, be on Walk with TFB. But Kayla, thank you for taking a walk with us, man. Thank you for having me on this walk. This is very beautiful. Um, I enjoyed the conversation. You know, shout out to the frat, shout out to the family. We're doing amazing things, and you know, I, I hope that you continue these walks and these conversations because they're needed. We need them. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Like I said, when you're leading your team, your department, 
at that point, walk with TFB, we'll have evolved and have traveling video equipment. We will come, <laughs> we will come record an episode at Disneyland. Let's you can get do that. Space. Let's do that. Appreciate you, Kayla. For everyone else, thank y'all again for tuning in to another episode of Walk with TFB. Um, the season's flying by, but it's been fire as hell. So uh, make sure that you continue to listen to all the stories being distilled on this podcast, particularly around education and educators. Um, look forward to having more unfiltered conversation with authentic people centered on education and sport as we progress through season four. But as always, until then, walk with me. Thank you.